Welcome to the High Profit Event Show. My name is Rudy Rodriguez, founder of the Virtual Event Sales Team and Wingman Coaching Worldwide. We provide world-class sales support services with integrity. And on this podcast, we interview successful event leaders and service providers that have led or supported profitable events online and off. Each episode will run for about 20 to 30 minutes, so stay tuned. Hey, everybody. My name is Mike Rayburn. I am a keynote artist. I teach innovation and creativity, and I teach using guitar and comedy rather than PowerPoint, so it's more fun. Today, we're going to learn how to emotionally enroll your audience. Rudy Rodriguez here, and on today's episode, we have a special guest on with us, Mr. Reich. Mike Rayburn. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you so much, Rudy. It's great to see you. Yeah, and you got a really cool introduction for us, actually. I want to just go ahead and jump right in and hear what you have to share. Sure. Well, I always like to look at things a little bit differently, so uh, I came up with a new way of playing like this. introduction when you have that <laughs> and for many years that's exactly how i started every program and occasionally still now once in a while yes so for our audience who uh is listening and maybe some are watching uh, believe it or not mike did that on one instrument a guitar and he did that live here on the show uh mike rayburn is a world famous stage performer he's performed on over five thousand stages uh, and some of the biggest stages in the world and he and I were recently uh, both at a training event called Engage from Your Stage. And one of the things that, that really impressed me about Mike is not only how well he performs uh, on a guitar, but how powerful he powerfully is able to emotionally engage his audience. And that's why we brought him on as our special guest for today's show is so he can share his wisdom, his mastery, his experience when it comes to not just entertaining, but really getting people engaged from the stage and ultimately influencing them and leading them to uh, make a meaningful impact in their lives. So Mike, welcome, sir. I was so excited about what you're saying. I jumped in. Sorry about that. Thank you. I love being here. Yes, sir. And you know, I, one of the things I love to do is uh, just have you share a little bit about your, you know, in, in a minute or two, just share your story. You know, what, what brought you to where you're at today in your life as a, as a leader, as an event leader, and ultimately, you know, you know, to, you know, share the value that you have to share with us when it comes to emotional enrollment from stage. Sure. 
Sure. Well, for years, I knew guitar was my thing, even though I was from a sports family. I knew that I was uh, headed for music. And so there were challenges to overcome there. Uh, I became a guitarist and comedian. I have a degree in classical guitar. And I toured all over, I, you know, for 16 years, I played 1800 college shows all over the US and Canada. And I had this little personal development nerd side that, I, you know, listening to Tony Robbins and Brian Tracy and reading books on success and how the mind works and mindset and emotions, the power of emotion to move people. And uh, so uh, about 21 years ago, I decided to pull those together. I back up. I like to do things no one's ever done. It's my favorite thing. And so I saw that within the world of speaking, that there was no one teaching creativity, innovation, and mindset using guitar and comedy rather than PowerPoint and statistics, right? And so I thought, well, let me try this. And it wasn't uh, like a speaker looking for a message. I knew what I wanted to teach. I just didn't know if there was a market for it. Well, it turns out there was. And so I was blessed that it clicked. I presented for um, thousands of corporations, uh, most of the Fortune 500, Fortune 1, half the Fortune 10. Um, I've been able to go in and teach innovation and uh, possibility thinking. And so in that process, to get to what we're talking about today, one of the things that people forget in strategies and how do we how do we fill our events how do we uh, create an event that really impacts people is they forget the emotional uh, uh, contingent the, the emotional side to it and keep in mind when I say emotion that's anything emotion yes tears are emotion sadness um, emotion can be you can stir up anger that's emotion laughter comedy that's emotion right all of those will can and will move us to action if we do it the right way. So that's what I feel like we're going to kind of dig into a little bit today. Very cool, Mike. Yeah, most certainly. And, you know, I personally had the opportunity to uh, witness you perform, you know, when we were together in Vegas and just the, the whole experience that you created for us. I mean, quite frankly, I, I was I was moved to tears. Like, yeah, it was like it was like right in my heart center. You know, I was it was inspired by your message as well as your performance and I know you had like a little video that was you know going on there in the background and you know they say the saying goes people don't remember what you tell them they remember how you made them feel yes right so I, I definitely you know see you as a master as a virtuoso in this field and I'm just eager and excited man to to learn from you like how do you do it like how do you craft that message craft that performance craft that talk in a way that truly emotionally engages um, the audience. Absolutely. Well, the first thing that I would suggest is that to take stock of what it is that you do well or that you bring to the table or that you know uh, is something that clicks for you. Meaning, uh, may, you know, I've got the guitar and the guitar can create an emotional uh, connection. Uh, a sad song or a happy song or a rebellious anthem those can all elicit emotions. The question is, you know, I get people um, for people who say, well, yeah, but what if you don't play guitar? Anybody can do this. The reason is anyone can learn if you're not good at it yet. You can learn to tell a story. Stories are how Jesus taught. Stories are what sold so many chicken soup for so chicken soup for the soul books. Um, so stories can have an emotional impact. So first thing you can do is look at the emotion that you, the way you want to reach an audience, the way you want to dig in and what level you want to um, connect with them. 
and then either find or remember a story which points at that emotion that, that uh, illustrates that situation so that they can grab it. And once you've got them emotionally, then you can take them somewhere. Um, th th again, you've always heard this. They're all asking what's in it for me, right? Everyone is, is secretly in some way, subconsciously or consciously asking what's in it for me. They think at the beginning that that's strategy and that that's content and that's certain points, which are of course important. However, what they don't realize is what everyone's looking for is some kind of an emotional connection. We want, we crave that as human beings. And so the, the first thing is look at what you do. Um, if you have, I'll give you an example. There's a woman uh, who is a registered nurse and she's a speaker and she was speaking for college kids. And I happened to be at this event. And so I listened to her and she was speaking about health. She walked out on stage and she said, okay, which is the most dangerous? Cigarettes, alcohol, marijuana, prescription drugs, or op opioids. And I started thinking, everybody, you can see everybody just thinking through it, okay? Right away, she's dug into something. This is, this is well, well, it could be this. And she went through, cigarettes are dangerous, but they take 25 or 30 years to kill you. Um, alcohol, so socially acceptable. Anyway, she went through the particulars of each one. She said, which one's the most dangerous? And I thought, I don't know. I can't wait to hear the answer. And she said, I'm gonna tell you at the end. And I thought, you better pay this off because I'm sticking around for this whole presentation because I want to know the answer to that question. She then proceeded to go through all kinds of different discussions of ways to help. And people were engaged from the beginning because they had emotional attachment. Plus, they want to know the answer. At the end, she said, so which one is the most? Oh, she finished with a big story. And we all, oh, good. And we all clapped. And they were all thinking, hold it. What about the answer to the question? And she kind of turned around and went back and said, oh, which one is the most dangerous is the one you like the most. And I went, boom, okay, emotion came from that, okay? She had us all in the, in the palm of her hands with that one simple point. She doesn't play guitar. She doesn't, she's not an illusionist. She's not juggling. She just used what she had. So look for what it is that you know that you do well, that you have a story about, um, especially emotional stories. I mean, I'm going to share with one with you guys in a little bit uh, that, that goes along those lines, but ended up being the fourth behind everything I do. Look for ways that the first step is to look for what you bring to the table that no one else does. I love that. Look for what you bring, what no one, not everyone else does. And I think that's an important point here because maybe someone listens to, to say, oh, I have to be a master entertainer, master guitarist like Mike Rayburn if I, if I ever want to, you know, enroll people emotionally. But you're saying you don't have to be, use what you got. And use uh, what you, give you a, got. Yeah. You gave a great, yeah. great example there. And when you use what you got and not trying to be something else, you're authentic. And people, people yearn for, long for, crave authenticity. They just want to know who you are. I mean, I'll share with you, but the reason I share the ways I screwed up is because it's authentic. It's real. People get you, you know? Yeah, definitely. Mike, I think you make a great point here. The, the best way to learn is by listening to a story. And maybe if you're, if you're willing to share with us, love for you to share a little bit more about yourself through your story and and give us an experience of like what does it sound like when you're emotionally rolling people through a story sure well um, this is the this is really what compels everything that i do uh growing up my best friend was a guy named toby uh toby and i did everything together we learned to play guitar together my first shows were toby and i playing two different shows for our fourth grade class third grade class 
And uh, we learned to play guitar. We would push the limits, like we ride, ride our bicycles and see how far away from home we could get before dinner. Because all we had, the only criteria was we had to be back by dinner. So we would get up earlier and earlier and ride farther and farther. Well, summer after our freshman year of high school, we decided to do a three-day bike trip. And we packed all our things and we got on and we rode out there and we were having the, we were on the ride of our lives. I mean, this, you know, two freshmen in high school getting to just explore Western, it was in Virginia, Western Virginia. We were on Highway 50, about seven or eight miles from Winchester. And we crossed a creek. We rode over the, uh, under the highway in uh, the name of it. I re recognized it as one that I had kayaked earlier with, you know, in the year with my family. And so I turned around and I yelled that to Toby. And the next thing I heard was a crash it, that fast, crash, skid, and a huge force behind me lifting me up and forward. I evidently blacked out because I flew through the air and landed hard on my left side, but I don't remember it. I just know because I still have scars uh, where I hit. I bounced up and I was running on the highway trying to catch my balance. You kind of like you see a football player who's trying to stay up. And I looked up and Toby, who had been behind me, landed in front of me. And when he landed, he hit and blood just immediately ran down the highway. Two boys on bicycles were hit by a car going 65 miles an hour. Uh, it, uh, um, and somehow I was thrown clear with mostly minor injuries. So I ran over to Toby and I was first, I was dazed. And then I, I was a Boy Scout. So I remembered first day, right? So, and there was a little, little poem they had, if it's red, lift his head, if he's pale, lift his tail. And he was red. So I lifted his head, cleared his, tried to clear the blood out of his mouth and his face and everything. And um, I listened for his heartbeat and it was there. I thought, and which was weird because I didn't know how he lived through this. But anyway, I, 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 I tried to help him. Finally, the ambulances arrived and I wanted to go in the ambulance with Toby. Uh, even though they brought one for me, I, I just rode in the front seat with the one with Toby. And so we're riding towards Winchester. They had the lights on. They had we were flying down the highway. And about lo lo long before we got to the hospital, they turned the lights off. And I thought, oh, no. And uh, when I got to the hospital, um, I ended up having to clean my own cuts out for a while because they didn't look at me for a little bit. But the doctor came in and, and uh, checked me over. And then he said, uh, your friend didn't make it. Um, I was thrown clear and for some reason, Toby wasn't. And on the way back, my parents came out to pick me up. We, um, the police had asked me to stop by the scene of the accident coming back to help them reconstruct what had happened, which is one of the hardest things I've ever done because the blood was still on the highway. And the cop, I explained where I thought I was, where Toby was. And the policeman said, yeah, that's, that's exactly what we thought, except there's one problem. There is no reason you should be alive, which ironically meant the exact opposite. There's very definitely, clearly a reason that I'm alive. And on the way back, as we drove, you know, 60 or 70 miles back home, I was sitting in the back seat. And I really looked, think, just processing everything that happened. And I made a decision that changed my life, that defined everything that I've done ever since then. I decided I would rather die making every moment count, living completely the way Toby, my hero, did, 
than to live worrying about how many freaking moments I have. And that principle has guided everything I've done since then. So um, fast forward a number of years, uh, I have an endorsement deal with McPherson Guitars, which is one of the best guitars, acoustic guitars in the world. And when they made this one for me, um, I don't know if you can see it, but I had them put Toby's name at the top. So he's always with me. And uh, everything that I have done since then, my sense of purpose, why I do what I do, comes from that event. So in doing that, now we'll kind of move to, I'm, I'm finished with the story. What I will make the point is, my program, my Virtuoso Underground is about mastery. It's about getting the most out of life, going, like, why are you gonna do it halfway? We're gonna be here anyway, let's just do it. Let's go, let's make this happen on a full scale, all out, playful out level, right? And so I created a mastermind coaching um, event. Uh, it's a year long. It's called the Virtuoso Underground One Year Path to Mastery. And it's, it's to equip people who are in that same place, who are either stuck in what they do. They, um, they're willing to dream big, start with what they want rather than worried about how. Um, people who are leaders, people who are creatives, people who are innovators or entrepreneurs, people who want to get the most. So we, that's what we do. We equip them. Uh, I was uh, touched. Inspiring story. I, I really felt uh, emotionally involved uh, in you and your purpose and living purpose and why you live so purposefully. Um, like you said in the story, the police officer said, "There's no reason why you should be alive," and you were like, "On the contrary, it's the reason I'm alive, right?" Yeah. And the purpose that I now have, and now you carry Toby with you on your guitar. It's really beautiful. There was there was a. a a point there that I didn't do because I was talking about how to do this without a guitar. One of the points I make when I talk about there, there was a point after, after the cop told me that I say that there was a point when all the cars were stopped on the highway and the ambulances were there and they were treating Toby and I was wandering and I was just kind of on my own. And one of the cars had the door open and I could hear the radio. It's the only music I remember from that day. And the music said, don't, Stop thinking about tomorrow. Don't stop. It'll soon be here. It'll be better than before. Yesterday's gone. Yesterday's gone. How perfect. Music came and essentially saved me in that moment. Wow. Awesome, man. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So... Now, the other thing that's important as far as like coming up with, we're talking about coming up with stories. Later, I want to talk about how the whole event works on an emotional level. Um, you don't have to have your own stories. It's okay to use other people's stories as long as you credit them. And the cool thing is if you do credit them, you end up getting credit for it as well. And so uh, one of the points I make is that in my presentations, is that uh, I start? I learned to play for people by playing for drunk people. I get on stage and 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 they would yell all these stupid requests and I didn't know them and I didn't know how to handle them and I looked bad on stage. I looked like I was an amateur and I got tired of it. and finally I got fed up and I talk about the importance of getting fed up. If the status quo the results you're getting are not what you want, get fed up. That's when things change. And then I share because um, music is obviously my thing. I and I end up presenting in Nashville a number of times. And this is a national story. I'll say, for instance, 
One of the great songwriters of the 20th century is Chris Christopherson. Uh, he went on to be a famous actor as well. But that wasn't his plan. That wasn't what was set out for him. He was from a family of military heroes, and that's what they expected. He was a Rhodes Scholar, studied at Oxford. He came back. He became a prodigy helicopter pilot, and his future was set. That's not what he wanted. He wanted to be a songwriter. So he gave it all up, including his mom writing him out of the will, all to go to Nashville and become a janitor in a recording studio and start writing songs. So what he did. Well, I know as a staff songwriter for Sony Music Publishing back at that time, um, how that works. You basically write songs, you try to get somebody famous to record them and you have a hit and everything's good. So he was having the hardest time getting people to listen to his songs. Tried, 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 didn't work. So he got fed up. Now, I don't know what fed up looks like in your life, but here's what he did. I'm not suggesting you do what he did, but you can Google this story. It's absolutely true. He stole a helicopter. Already bad idea, okay? <laughs> he stole a helicopter. He flew it to Johnny Cash's ranch and landed in the backyard. Johnny and June tell the story that they looked out the back door and here was this guy with long hair, got out of the helicopter, holding a beer in one hand. Okay, drinking and flying, again, bad idea. Well, beer in one hand and a tape in the other. That's how we used to share music, tapes. And he walked up to the back door and Johnny said, I'll listen. If <laughs> you're willing to go through and Johnny's next hit song was Sunday Morning Coming Down, uh, which was on that tape. Uh, Chris Christopherson went on to write, For the Good Times, me and Bobby McGee helped me make it through the night and he became a famous actor. Why? Because he got fed up. Okay. That's an emotional story. It's a different kind of an emotion. It's like a, oh my gosh, and a, you know, there's a lot, but it's emotion. So look for those stories that, that create the emotion you're trying to create. I guess it's great. I'm taking notes here, man. Um, I love how you, you gave a third, an example of a third party story. It wasn't necessarily your story, but you're sharing somebody else's story and, you know, getting, you know, not only praising them, but also credibility for the person saying the story, like you mentioned before. So this is a, another great demonstration of how to emotionally enroll the audience and a great story. I'm going to go Google search and look for the, the video after this. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I've told that story and a guy came up to me afterwards and shared with me, he had read Chris Christopherson's autobiography, which I hadn't. And it, he shares that. I didn't know the part about his mom writing out of a will or getting rid of the trust fund or whatever it was like, get, you moved to Nashville and you do, the, you're not getting any money from me. Luckily he no longer needs it. There you go. <laughs> I actually was a Navy pilot myself. So I have many helicopter pilot buddies. I can see, some of my buddies doing something rogue like that. Taking a yeah, helicopter. And you, yeah, and, you, and you get, so that story hits you. And I'm sure you have so many stories with the flying the P3s and the different things that happen. And there's people don't realize uh, uh, that just life going on, take notes. Uh, Henry Cho, who's one of the great comedians in this world right now, he's married to a woman from Arab, Alabama. So Henry Cho is a Korean guy in Knoxville, Tennessee, who uh, has a thick Southern accent. You expect it to sound Asian. And no, he sounds Southern. And he's married to a woman from Arab, Alabama. And he said, Thanksgiving, I go down there with them to, to Arab, Alabama. I listen to her family and I just take notes. <laughs> and his whole bit is, you know, his whole, a lot of his routine is based on what he hears from them. So listen, so do that. Listen to, think about the stories in your life. Think about the stories in others. It might be something that happened to your dad. It might be, I don't know, 
or sisters or brothers or whatever. Yeah, great. So a way to look for stories. They're all, all around us in our own lives and just got to pay attention and take those notes. So. There's, there's another point that's really, because uh, we're talking about emotionally, the, the emotional impact of your event and the, the uh, way to enroll people to go deeper with you. And so the next point I would share is to pay attention to the overall arc of the event. Let's say like we have something called the what if weekend. Uh, my keynote is called what if um, I teach people how to use the question what if for innovation, reinvention, creativity, uh, problem solving, all kinds of ways. And so we have the what if weekend where we what if people's lives for three days, we're going to, you know, you're going to leave there no longer living by default, but living by design, the design you create. So the emotional arc of our event, the first day we title discover. The second day is called disrupt. And the third day is called design three Bs, and uh, discover this is uplifting. This is digging into who you are, why you do what you do, this, the abilities that you have, the real goal, not just the goal, but the real goal, the reasons behind it. The second day is disrupt. And that's emotionally, we're going deep. We're going into the emotions that are holding you back, the, limit, the limiting beliefs and that kind of thing. And the third day is design. Okay, we've been through this stuff and now we're going to turn this into a great product. Your events, or anybody who's listening to you, your events will have some kind of an arc, whether you pay attention to it or not. So I advise take, paying attention to it. What, what does that arc look like? What is the emotional journey? You want to start by welcoming them, and then you want to go deep, and you want to touch their pain. What is the pain you're trying to solve? And then you position yourself as solving that, or your program, or, how, or you're giving them solutions there, however it works. And you want some kind of a, you know, in comedy, they say, start big, finish big. And uh, so you want some kind of a big, a powerful ending. It doesn't have to be big in, um, in as in like loud uh, or just great, although that works. Um, it can be big. You can be powerful by bringing it down to, to nothing. For instance, I have finished programs, although I, I finished with a guitar version of Devil Went Down to Georgia sometimes, which is big. Uh, I have also been learned how to create power and emotion, um, not with, with simple spoken word. I'll finish Bohemian Rhapsody on the guitar and I'll finish these things and I'll come down and say, Richard Bach once wrote, here's a test to see if your purpose in life is over. If you're alive, it isn't. There is a profound and a divine and wonderful reason that you're here. There are people you serve. There are people who depend on what you do every day, which is the reason I want you to keep asking, what if? That ending is powerful, but it's not big. It's actually very small. I've gone from very big to very small. And I, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wish I was smart enough to come up with that. I wouldn't have come up with it. I saw somebody do it. I went, oh my gosh, that was more powerful than, you know, finishing with, we will rock you. And it was simple spoken word. It was just the power of those words. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. We don't, you, what I'm hearing you say is uh, simple spoken words can be a powerful ending. It doesn't have to be a performance, a blowout performance at the end. You know, Correct. you can make, if you can really make, make, make a point and hit them, hit their heartstrings with simple spoken word, it works. There's also, I, I would add to that, the, the power of music to, ev to evoke emotion, which clearly is part of what I do. Uh, 
for a big ending, when, when you get somebody who you take them on that emotional journey and they've come through and they've, and they feel like they've really come to a new understanding, a paradigm shift an aha kind of experience. And then, you know, don't stop believing, you know, this place or, um, uh, I don't know, big songs like that, anthemic kind of song, we will rock you with me. Uh, that's where music can take that emotion and just send it over the top. And then they're going, you got me, you know, I'm in. Powerful. Awesome, brother. You shared some really great nuggets with uh, us today. I'm taking copious notes and, um, you know, I'll definitely be sure to include my notes in the, the podcast show notes here as well. Cool. Uh, and I'm curious, Mike, for, for people who are listening in and, and leaning in, they're like, I love what Mike has to share and I like his vibe. I like his approach. If they want to learn more about you and want to learn maybe more about the What If Weekend, the Virtuoso Mastermind, you know, what, what is the next best step for them if they want to learn more about you? Okay, sure. The next, the easiest, best next step is to uh, go to my website, mikerayburn.com, M-I-K-E-R-A-Y-B-U-R-N.com and uh, sign up. This is free. It's totally free. Um, I, okay, here's the way I, I, I want you to understand this. I get excited when I hear a podcast like this. I get excited when I go to an event. The challenge is not the next three days because I'm going to be excited going on momentum. The challenge is seven days from now, 30 days from now, 90 days from now, eight months from now. How do you keep that? Well, so I created the What If Weekly. And the What If Weekly is my simple, usually about 500 words of a simple tip, strategy, tool, inspirational story that you can use to stay in that mindset, to stay in that possibility thinking that you're not getting stagnant and, and stuck in scarcity, right? To keep that abundance mindset. And so it's absolutely free. Just go to my website and sign up. Um, that's, that's the first thing. The other is concerning the What If Weekend, which is a three-day event. The next one is July 20 through 20th in uh, Reno, Tahoe, which is my home. I'm looking at the mountains right here. Um, uh, that the what if weekend, and then there's the virtuoso underground, which I'll explain in a second. For both of those, I'm going to offer something. I told Rudy beforehand. I don't. I don't always do this. Uh, I'm doing it with select audiences, and you guys are one of them. Uh, I'm going to offer uh, a complimentary 30 minute what if jumpstart call. It's about whatever questions have come up from from this that you have going on. Uh, if you want to learn a little more about the, the things that I do, or you just have something that you're trying to figure out. See, I, that's what, I'll explain the background to this in a second. But um, the uh, I love to uplift people. I love to 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 equip them. So this is 30 minutes where you're gonna you can explain what you want. And quite honestly, usually go 45, um, where you can explain what your situation is. I have some questions that I want to ask you. And we'll talk about some solutions. And then if there's a reason for us to go deeper or to work together past that, we can explore that too. And if not, that's cool too. Uh, I'm going to give that to you. And that's, uh, the link is up there. It's just, it's a Calendly link. And you can schedule uh, a call with me at your convenience. And uh, we will discuss this. Mike, thank you so much, man. I'll be sure to include that link with the show notes here as well. Uh, what a wonderful opportunity for our, our audience. Just appreciate that uh, that gift because I know you speak, I mean, you've spoken over 5,000 stages and oftentimes audiences of 500 to 5,000 people at a time. And you just couldn't possibly make yourself available to that many people at once. So 
appreciate you being willing to uh, meet uh, individually with members of our audience to uh, give them some tips and also to see if there's any, any synergies between the two of you. Um, that's, a, that's a huge gift. So if you're listening, highly recommend taking advantage of the opportunity to meet with Mike for a 30-minute session. Uh, and uh, um, definitely check out the Virtual Soul Weekend uh, or the What If Weekend and the Virtual Soul Mastermind. Yeah, the Virtual Soul Mastermind, what you'll find on my website is there is a link for the What If Weekend. There's not one for the Virtual Soul Underground. And there's a reason for that. Now, I might end up putting one up there. However, the reason is this is a select group of people. It's not for everyone. If you're, you know, if, you, if you're getting all the results you want, you have all the influence, impact, and income that you want, then it's not for you. It's not for people uh, who um, are ha- happy with mediocrity. Nothing wrong with mediocrity, but if you're happy with it, this is about, this is for a select group who really want to absolutely carpe diem, seize life, you know, suck the marrow out of life, as they say, um, to become master. It's, it's called the Virtuoso Underground, one-year path to mastery. Virtuoso, because it's about mastery. Underground, it's because you and I both know the people who achieve mastery are a little different. They're counterculture. They're willing to do what others will not. They're willing to stay later, show up earlier, work harder. Uh, they're willing to uh, confront the things that they need to to get beyond, and so it's a one year path where we follow something. Now, I'll share a, one of my uh, difficult stories. Uh, I was in a place after playing colleges and and uh, being a professional comedian and, and and guitarist, and I was I was just stuck. I was not able to get beyond the college market. I was not able to get. Uh, beyond things I want to do with record sales. I was not, I was, and I don't know if anybody out there is in this place, but that's where I was. And I started listening to Tony Robbins and Brian Tracy and all these, I read uh, uh, Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz and uh, these books that, and, and uh, speakers who really influenced me. So I, I took what I learned from them and just for my own purposes, I came up, I put them together with this process of gold, uh, goal identification, mission, your vision, your purpose, your uh, creating a plan for the goal, which none of them do. They all set goals. They don't create plans. We do that. Anyway, I came up with this virtuoso system and I applied it for myself and it worked faster and better than I thought it would. <laughs> and within 2003, five years of applying that, I headlined Carnegie Hall seven times, um, eight times actually. Um, I ended up becoming a speaker. My income quintupled. So here's that pain where I was just like stuck turned into a big solution. So I then in in Las Vegas, when I I had, in that time, I got my own show on the strip in Las Vegas. And something said, well, hey, start teaching this. Years ago, a friend of mine and I were having a conversation about gifts and talents and what we bring to the table and what we're born with. And, um, and I said, I said, well, I think my gifts, you know, music and performance and maybe teaching and people, I love to people. And he said, well, Mike, I think your gift is exhortation. And I said, great. What's that? I never heard the word. What it means is to strongly encourage, to edify, to uplift, to equip for, for greater things, right? The way he said it to me, was Mike, I've watched you. It matters to you that the people around you do better. And when he said that, 
I almost cried because he hit something that was true, but I didn't know. And I, and I have this realization, it doesn't. So I decided to start teaching this virtuoso system. And I taught it, 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 I helped plant a church in Las Vegas called Verve, Church for People Who Don't Like Church. And we're very different. And um, we were, I'm not there anymore. Um, and so I started teaching the system. And uh, talk about stories. We started getting these people getting these huge results from applying the system. And it was in a six week class, right? So the virtuoso system works. Uh, a woman, I'll give you a couple examples. A woman named Cherie Rowe, uh, out of work pianist. She, a uh, classical pianist. She worked for the Las Vegas Opera. She worked for the, um, uh, for UNLV as a, she'd been fired from both of those. She's out of work. She's got an 18 month old kid and all her friends, I bet you guys have dealt with this. All her friends are saying, you need to give up on that dream. You need to stay home. You need to raise your kid. You need to stop doing this crazy stuff. So uh, she came into the program and this, where we start the, the questions and the way that we identify your goal, her goal <laughs> was she wanted to study on the highest level possible in the world. She wanted to tour the world as a classical pianist and she wanted to make that her living. And I'm like a, a believer in the dream and I'm even going, man, babe, this is a little, little uh, optimistic, but we're gonna trust the process, right? So we did it, created the plan, whatever. Well, this, this system that I developed, there, um, as a side note, uh, some people contacted me and asked me to deliver a TED talk on this, uh, TEDx talk on this um, system. And I did it. You can look it up. It's called Become a Life Virtuoso. So I was literally, this is out of a movie. I was literally typing, working on the, the presentation, the TED talk, and Cherie's email came in, a little ding, right? She was freaking out because she had just been accepted to the Manus School of Music, the New England Conservatory, Juilliard Professional Studies at Lincoln Center. She chose Juilliard. She moved her family to New York. She graduated with a classical guitar, classical piano degree from Juilliard. She toured the world as a classical accompanist for a, uh, a uh, cellist named Kari Joyner. Uh, in fact, when they came through Vegas, they, as a thank you, they did a house concert for us. And she is now a professor at Juilliard. By and she'll tell you, if you contacted her right now, she would tell you, it's because of the virtuoso system. I, I did, what, did what he taught. So I decided to create this virtuoso underground as a, as a means to, um, to exhort, to, to uplift people, to, to be that. So we meet weekly. We have uh, guest speakers who are world-class performers in, uh, in different areas. Uh, we have a yearly retreat. Uh, the next one's coming up in June, and uh, but you can join this at any time. It's, the process can, can still be applied um, whenever you start. Because and it's also unlimited one-on-one -on -one coaching with both me and with my wife, uh, who is a um, she's a life coach and she's also a breathwork uh, artist presenter um, expert. So uh, anyway, that's we we created this program just for that. That's remarkable, Mike. <laughs> that's a lot, you know. Uh, I can tell, you know, that you've put a lot of uh, sweat, blood, tears, experience into designing the Patrol Slow uh, experience and just from your own experience. Yeah, I made a note here to go watch your TED Talk. Um, a, it's called, the, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab it and put it in the show notes as well for our audience too. Okay. Uh, and there's, very, there's, another, there's a second TED Talk. The first, it's actually the first one I did. Uh, it's called What If? It was for TEDx NASA. 
And that's, that's the other thing. You know, I'm not a scientist or anything like that. I'm going to present for NASA. And I'm, and of course, the way we, the way I sort of like make a deal with myself is go, it's not like they're rocket scientists. And it's like, yes, they are. Every one of them is a rocket scientist. <laughs> but it worked. It's still, it's still that's going to be a good one to watch. I actually want to look, I'm eager to listen to that one. I wanted to work at NASA when I was a young man. So I went into my, my field as well. So Yeah, because yeah. you have the mind that can get that, the, the engineering, the aeronautics, the all that stuff. I don't believe anyone that I can't do it. I just know it's not my immediate skill set. <laughs> I'm not going to get you for that. <laughs> I uh, appreciate that, Mike. And uh, thank you again uh, for just your generous uh, offerings on today's episode and your sharing with uh, the stories and how to emotionally engage the audience. Uh, you know, before we wrap up here, are there any final comments or words or anything you want to share with our audience? Yeah. I always ask in designing the events that you would design, for me designing my program and how I help others in whatever pursuit of mastery, whether it's performance or we have entrepreneurs, we have uh, business owners, we have um, people in the corporate world and whatever it is, I always ask people, what is it you just wanna shake the world to get them to understand? What is that thing? And so however you answer that is a really good indication of what your events should be doing, what your presentation should be doing. What, and I say should, I'm not trying to should on you. Um, it's a good idea where to look. For me, I want to get people to know you are capable, whoever you are, you are capable of way more than you have even imagined. Absolutely capable of doing things that you can't even fathom right now. The key is just to show up and to be equipped to allow yourself outside input and then go with what your heart says to go. Um, so just remember, you are capable. Whatever it is you're dreaming up, you are capable of it. Perfect. That's a great point to end on. Whatever it is they're capable of dreaming up, whatever we can dream up, we're capable of accomplishing it. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Mike, uh, for being guest on our show. And uh, well, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and call it a wrap. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rudy. You are awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the High Profit Event Show. If you are a seminar leader or thought leader or event service provider who has led or supported profitable, successful events to over 100 people and you've been effective at enrollment into your high-end coaching, education, mastermind tech programs, we're looking for guests. Love to have you on the show. You can go to our website, virtualeventsalesteam.com, click on the podcast tab and submit an application to be on our show. Also, if you found the show to be valuable, share it with someone who you think might benefit from it. Take a moment, please leave a review and also subscribe if you haven't already. And lastly, if you have an upcoming uh, event, whether it be virtual or in person, and you'd like to have a conversation about how to fill your coaching, education, mastermind programs fast using events, you're welcome to book a complimentary 15-minute uh, consult with either myself or a member of my team on our website, virtualeventsalesteam.com. Again, this is Rudy Rodriguez, and congratulations on investing the time to listen to this episode. I hope it's been valuable. Have a great day.